we thank you for this time we have to come together to, to sit under the word of God. We thank you for your word changes us, Father God, the power, the life that's in it. We thank you, Father, that it washes us and it cleanses us, the word of God. And so, Father, we receive all that you have for us today, Father God. And thank you for speaking, Father, through my lips this morning. May every ear be a listening ear. May every heart be an open heart to receive all that you have for us this morning. And Father, we thank you for your precious presence in this place today. May every life be touched, every heart be changed. And we thank you, Father, for your word going forth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Hallelujah. Now, those of you who are in children's church, we want to dismiss you this morning to go to your children's church class. And you all have a wonderful time this morning. I know you will. Praise God. Well, we, uh, we want to welcome all of you today. Thank you for coming this morning. You're at the right place at the right time today. It's Sunday morning. We're in church. We get to hear the word of God. And... and uh, we also want to welcome any first-time visitors that may be visiting us today or your second-time visitor. You've come before. You're visiting again. You're here for the first time. We want to thank you so much for coming, and uh, we believe that you'll leave here blessed. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad you're here. It's no accident that you're here with us today. Hallelujah. Well, we were uh, talking last night as my husband is away be back soon. I've been filling in the pulpit for him. And uh, we started a, a, a last week talking about uh, living full of the Spirit. And so we're going to continue along those lines this morning, a continuation of what we were discussing last week, about living full of the Spirit of God. And I don't want to take too much time with the review, because there's quite a bit I want to cover today and get as much in as I possibly can. <laughs> so we won't spend a lot of time on the review this morning, but, but uh, last week we started with Ephesians chapter 5. Can you go there with me this morning? Go with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 21. Ephesians chapter 5. Can we start that clock? clock's counting down? Excellent. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're looking at verses 15 through 21. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise. Can you hear me all right? Am I on? Okay. Am I on? Can you hear me? Okay. Sounds like it's cutting out. I just want to make sure. Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the most of the time, making, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery and I'm reading out of the Amplified, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. 
19, speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord and at all times and in everything. <clears throat> giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so as we looked at these scriptures last week, we saw that um, when you're full of the Spirit of God, it's evident. Just as, as evident as it is when someone's intoxicated. We talked about it's evident when someone is full of alcohol because you know it, they're stumbling around, they're falling, they're, all the evidence is there. Slurred speech and everything attached to it. But just as it is evident we learn that somebody is drunk, it's also evident when someone's full. And we learn in verses 19 through 21 some of the markings of someone, someone who is full. And we saw, we saw right there, speaking to another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, we found out when you're full, how do you know someone's full? You got a song in your heart. Just as you know when someone is in a good mood and happy, how do you know? They're singing. Amen? Because of the joy that's in their heart, they can't help because that joy is bubbling up on the inside. They can't help but sing. Singing is the outflow that comes from the joy that's on the inside. So it's evident when someone's full because they're full of song and praise. Amen? 20, at all times and in everything for giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus to God the Father. We found out here there's a giving of thanks. There's a thankful attitude in the heart of someone who's full, whether things are in their favor or not. In the good times and in the bad times, they're giving thanks because they know something. They know something. They've been redeemed from some things. As we heard in, the, in this morning in the song, the blessings of God are yes and amen. They've got all the fruits of the spirit. They have all the equipment, everything they need to, to live full and to walk in the fullness of all that God has for them and to fulfill the call and the purpose that we have for our lives. All that Jesus purchased for us and redeemed us from and the love that he has for us, you can't help but give thanks in all things. Amen. And someone who is full is going to give thanks now, it's easy to give thanks when things are going well, but a full person's going to give thanks when things aren't going well. That's how you know they're full. There's thanks coming out of their mouth. Amen? <laughs> Amen. It doesn't matter what's... When this, house, when this house, this house of God was on fire, we had people out there singing and dancing while other people in, in the, in the, out, out, out in the community were, bless their hearts, because they care, they love us. They don't know. To them, it's a sorrowful thing. But to us, why? We rejoiced in it. Because we trust in God. No matter what happens, we got to praise. Amen? Amen. we got a lot to shout about, folks. And no Christian ought to have a sad song to sing. And that does not mean that you don't hit hard times in life. Because tests and trials come to all of us. Don't they? They come to all of us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to face hard times, but we got a song to sing and a praise to give in those times, regardless. And it says in 21, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we learned what subject, being subject, means. And we found out it means in the Greek, the translation of the word to be subject, says that we voluntarily give in. Not a forced, 
You're not a slave to somebody doing everything that they say and do. You're not a slave, but it's a voluntary giving in to people. It is, uh, it means, in other words, and I found out in the Weiss translation, it means you're easy to get along with. You're cooperative. And you know when you're easy to get along with, we found out from last week that that means you're not going to have a complaint or grumble about circumstances or about this person or that person or this situation. <laughs> you're not going to fuss and fight with people. We're not going to have a an argument or a fight with somebody. Why? Because, because we're full. But what we, what we found out last week is if we got a grumble and a complaint, and if we are fussing and fighting with people, then, then we're simply not, we're not being subject to that situation or that person. And that just means that like a gas gets from destination A to B, how is it going to get from point A to B? It's got to fill up. It's got to have gas in the car to get to point A to B. Amen? And so just as most natural things in everything in life that we know, when specifically speaking of a vehicle, anything that's full, and you'll find out most anything else in life, anything that's full can be depleted. Just like a glass of water here as you drink it, it was full at one time, but as you start drinking it, it, the supply, that water depletes. Well, so can gas. So what is it an indicator of when we start grumbling and complaining or we're irked and we're fighting and fussing with people? What does it mean? It's time to fill up because you're running on empty. <laughs> That's what that means. So what do we do? Fill up. Amen. Hallelujah. You fill up. And it's important to live in that place of full, not just times, but to live in a place of fullness. And that's what it means here in verse 15. It says, don't be drink with wine. But it says, we're in his excess. But it says, uh, not in 15, I'm sorry, in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine. We're in his excess. Because, you know, when someone's intoxicated, it leads to debauchery means when someone's drunk, it leads to more sin. And, and the word is telling us don't be like the drunk man who's full of alcohol. That just leads to more, to more sin. But it says, instead of being drunk with wine, be filled. And in the Greek, the Greek translation of the word filled, and having looked it up, is be being filled. And we understand what it means to be being filled. That means it's not a one-time thing. If you're be being filled, it denotes a continuous action. And we learned last week, now I'm closing because I have to pick up where I left up last time, is that we've learned two things. In order to maintain that fullness, we have to be obedient. A live a life of obedience is how we maintain that fullness. And we must be consecrated, consecration and obedience is necessary and needed in order to stay full. Amen. 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 And so we, consecration now means this. Oh, and then also, just to touch up, we learned the importance of not making excuses, blaming, arguing, closing your ears to what the Lord has to say to us, either through his word or by his spirit. Because we found out, as Pastor Michael is teaching us, about being led by the Spirit, that God will communicate to you through your spirit 
He'll speak to you from here, from your spirit. But he'll also speak to us through his word. And the importance we learn, how important it is to, that we be teachable and open to what the Lord has to say to us, that we maintain a sensitive spirit towards him. Amen? And we learn how important that is because one who is full is teachable. One who is full is, is humble. Yes. Amen. One who loves God. See, when you love God, you're open to what he has to say to you. And every Sunday morning you get to practice that. Because I can't tell you how many services I have sat in with my husband and I got my mail delivered through the man or woman of God preaching and I, I went. But, but that's all right because it's important that we come every Sunday morning with the attitude, Lord, whatever you have to say, if there's something that that minister of the gospel says that addresses an issue or an area in my life, I choose not to close my ears to that because this is going to help me in my walk with you. And as we've heard, it's not what we're doing right that's hurting our life, it's what we're doing wrong. And we find out that if we, if we close our ears to what God is saying, and we continue to close our ears and say, no, no, I, I, I don't talk to me about that. It's like the closed doors we talked about last week where my, my husband had a, a room, a closet, where they'd find, a, the, a relative would call and say, we're coming over to your house. What they did was they, he said they'd scoop up all the junk and put it in the one room and shut the door because they don't want, want the relative to see everything behind that closet. And, and, we're, and it's important that we not be that way with God. God, don't talk to me about that thing. But rather to open up the door and say, Lord, see this? Here's my stuff. And I'm laying it on the altar before you. And I ask you to help me with that. Help me with it. You know, when you ask God to help you with something you're struggling with, he'll help you. He is so good. To, to, he's, he's your helper. The spirit is your helper. And the Lord will help you with whatever you're struggling with in life. And we have help through the word of God. Because the word of God is the remedy to a lot of the issues we have in life. And the voice of his spirit speaking to you is our help. Every Sunday morning is your help. And it's important that we maintain a position of, Lord, whatever you have to say to me, I receive it like we learned last week. James says, receive the engrafted word of God. Receive it that is able to save your soul. Receive with meekness it says, to be more specific. In other words, receive with humility the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. So in other words, we come in without making excuses, without reservation, right? Without, well, I would do that, but, amen, yeah. amen. It means that we're not adding or subtracting from the word, we're just receiving it. A fool man receives whatever it is that God says to him. And, and when you love God, you're open to what he tells you. And so, amen, how important it is to, to, be, to be one that is teachable, and, and, and it's the flow of the Spirit. Amen. A, flow, a man that's full of the Spirit is, is humble and teachable. And so we started consecration. We started talking about that. Consecration, yes, it's important to be maintain 
we maintain this flow of the spirit through obedience, and we're going to talk more specific examples of that, of obedience with God. But also, consecration is so necessary in order to stay in the flow of the spirit and to stay full. And consecration, having looked it up, means this. Are you ready to hear what it means? Can I say something really quick? Okay. When we talk about it's important to be full of the spirit, we talk about walking in the spirit, that doesn't mean it's not something goofy. It's not where you're, you're just kind of floating around in life in a higher plane than everybody else, and you're just kind of in a, in a cloud. And it's not, it's walking in the spirit isn't, anything goofy. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And the Bible has a lot to say about walking in that place of the Spirit. Amen? And so we find out that to walk in the Spirit is a place of, um, requires humility and consecration to be full. Consecration means to set apart, to dedicate, to devote to a service. And you heard G. Jesus and the word of God said, I only do what I see my father do. Did you hear that? Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. He was consecrated. And in the garden of Gethsemane, he went when he was ready to be, to be delivered, to be crucified. He was, his soul was in such agony. And he said, Lord, he said, not my will, but your will be done. But if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't, he didn't want to be crucified. You understand? He didn't want to, no one's going to say, sign me up for that. <laughs> in, his, he, in his soul, in his flesh, he didn't want to give his life on the cross. He didn't want to do that. But it wasn't about how I feel, what I see, what I'm going to suffer, that was not an issue with him because he was submitted fully and completely to God and his service to the Lord. And he said, not as I will, but as you will. And Jesus was our example of a consecrated life. And so many times we are ruled by what we feel or see. We can be ruled. Many times we're ruled by, by what we feel and see, and we wonder why we don't have victory in our lives. And... And we have to understand that when Jesus went to the cross, he went as a victor and he exited as one. And we need to approach every circumstance in our life knowing we've already got the victory. A person who's full, they already know they have the victory and it shows up in how they walk, it shows up how they talk, it shows up how they, how they treat circumstances and how they handle circumstances, how they handle people, because they're full. It's evident. But it takes discipline. Okay, now I'm talking to the big girls and the big boys today. <laughs> it takes discipline to live a consecrated life. And can I tell you something, people? It's not hard. It's not hard to live in that place. We make it hard. Because we, 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 living out of the mental realm, reasoning, trying to calculate, trying to figure out, handling things from our, because of our feelings and emotions and, and allowing that to dominate and rule. 
then living a consecrated life is difficult. It, 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 then then like living is hard. But when you're full, you just got a song to sing no matter what all the time. You're just on top of it all the time. It doesn't mean that hard times don't, that challenging times come. But you already have your answer. We'll t talk more about it. We're getting there. Just work with me now. Just listen. Every day, it's important, like we talked about that vehicle getting to point A to point B, right? To fill your gas tank. You know when you're in bed in the morning, what happens? And I know I'm not the only one. The devil immediately jumps on your head and starts telling you everything you can't do, won't do. Amen? He's immediately on your head starts, and, and thoughts start coming. Now, he works through the mind. Amen? He suggests thoughts to us. And so many times we have found ourselves in a ditch because we find ourselves meditating and thinking about all the thoughts that the enemy starts suggesting, and it starts right in the morning before you're even up out of bed. And that's why it's good to have good spiritual habits in place. That the moment your eyes wake up, it's a good spiritual habit to start developing on a daily basis. Lord, this is the day you've made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you I have your strength today. Father, I'm so glad I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when I started to practice and apply that in my own life, because I heard Pastor Michael talking about it all the time and talking about it, I thought, yeah, that's good. I'm going to start doing it. Because I received that in my heart, and I said, he's getting results, so can I. You know, didn't the Apostle Paul say, practice what you've learned and seen and heard me do? Practice. A good student takes what they've heard and does it. They watch as other men and women of God, and they look at the example of Jesus and say, and follow the example. And a good student will do that. Well, because you're teachable. Right. And so it's a good practice, a good spiritual habit to get up every morning saying, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. And every day, spending time with God, getting into the word, meditating in the word of God, spending time in prayer, talking to God, and fellowshipping with the Lord because you love him. Amen? What are you doing? You're filling your gas tank. You're filling up. See, this is what a consecrated life is for. It is about. It's about every day in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. And, but it takes every day, and every day we ought to be consecrating ourselves to the Lord, every day afresh. Father, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Whatever you tell me to say or don't, or, or don't say, that, 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 now that, that'll preach. That's a whole. <laughs> I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll do whatever you want me to do. What, I'm, what are we doing? You're consecrating yourself to the Lord. I'll do it, Father. Father, speak through my lips. Make me a blessing today, Father, because you know that time with God, that, that, we know, knowing this, knowing this, that in us dwelleth no good thing. 
in our flesh I'm talking about. No good thing in our flesh. And apart from you, Father, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I'm nothing. And I, I need you today. Thank you for directing my paths today. Amen. Hallelujah. And some may say, and you know, really, for me, it's a matter of survival. <laughs> and some will, will look at that and say, oh, you're just, a, what's the word? A, a fanatic. Oh, that's just too much. That's too excessive a word. That's a strong word. No, no, no. It's a matter of survival for me. It's life or death for me. It means all the difference in the world between victory and life and defeat. Yes, this is important. <laughs> I need God. Because apart from him, I am nothing and can do nothing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And with that, go with me to Colossians 1.10. Let me read something to you. This is the, the uh, pardon me, is that better? Yeah. Colossians 1.10, that you may walk, the Apostle Paul by the Spirit said this, uh, just because it's, let me start with nine. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and comprehensive insight and ways and purposes of God and understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Verse 10, that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things. Folks, that ought to be the heart cry of everyone who was born again. Everyone who, has, who, who is every Christian, this ought to be our, let me just say it this way, for every Christian, this ought to be the heart cry and the desire of every one of us. Desiring to please him in all things. Bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with a fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Amen. And it says there, bearing fruit. We ought to be fruit-bearing Christians. Because when you're full of the Spirit, you'll bear fruit. The fruit will be there. and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God. You know, we all ought to be steadily growing in God. This is a part of the consecrated life. Now, there's nothing sadder than a Christian who's been saved for many, many years, and they're still spiritual babies. And is it possible to, to be in that place? Yes. But it's not the kind of life that God has ordained. God expects us all to grow up in the things of God. Just in the same way as when my children were little, I remember that one was eight years old, and they said, Mom, will you make me some cereal? Will you make me? I love it. The terminology of young kids is amazing. Will you make me some cereal? 
and I looked at her and said, honey, you have everything you need to make that possible. <laughs> I've supplied everything you need so that you can enjoy that cereal. We have everything we need. We've been fully equipped to live this life with success. All the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? We have the power on the inside of us. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the Word of God. We have the voice of the Spirit. We have everything. All things that he's given us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything blessed with every spiritual blessing. There's a cereal. You have everything you need to get that in your belly and enjoy. So I said to her, honey, you know where it is. Go to the pantry. Get out the bowl. You know where the bowls are. You know where the spoons are. Pour the cereal. I said, you know, because after a while you expect your kids to, to be able to. Now, it was okay when they were young. But once they're older, you expect a little bit more of them. You see, I'm talking about growing up in God. And I told you for years, for years, when I would get upset with Michael, I told you I could sleep on the very seam of my mattress. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. He says things, something I don't like. He does something I don't like. Don't talk to me. And I could go for a long time without, with, without talking to him. But after a while, see, I, in my life, I have come to the place now, just from having developed my relationship with the Lord, spending time with him and increasing it more and more over the years, spending time getting to know him, how he works, how he responds things. We learned about him, we learn about him through looking at, the, reading the word, in the word, how Jesus handled himself with people, how he carried himself, how he had conducted himself in life. We've got many men and women of God that were an example to us. Amen? Yeah. And, and I began to spend learning to get to know him. You get to know him by spending time with him in prayer, reading the word, doing the word. Learning to listen. What is he saying to me on the inside? Learning to be sensitive. You're learning about him. And over time, as I began to feel, I can't go now, and this is no joke, and I ended it with this last week, we can't go two minutes, more than five minutes, without making things right when, we, when we have, when there is a, is a disagreement between us. Let's just put it that way. Intense fellowship <laughs> that none of you have ever had with your spouses. <laughs> and now, the slamming of the doors the stomping across the floor. What is that? It's being flesh dominated, really. It's called carnality. <laughs> Living out of the flesh. And the Bible has something to say about that, but if I say it, I might be getting ahead of myself here. No, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I am. Um, I'll get there in a minute. I'm working up to it, okay? living out of the flesh. And, and I've, we've come to the place now where I can't, we can't let two minutes go without making things right and apologizing to one another. It's about, it's about living a consecrated life. We gotta get it right, right away. 
We can't hang on to any grudge or any upset. And we have found out there's a price tag that comes with yielding to the flesh. <laughs> and now, if I'm upset with him, and it's not, we found out through the years through experience when, when it's not resolved right away, because the more you grow in God, the more accountable you become, because you're accountable for what you know. And for Michael and I, there comes a place where there's no wiggle room left for any kind of discord between us. There's no wiggle room for us anymore. As you grow, you find that out. Why? Because you're living a consecrated life, and now, now you just can't have it. I got, you know what? There's something in you that demands to get it right right away. You can't let, you can't let it go for one more second. Why? Because you're consecrated. It's just something, just on the inside, there's a compulsion. I have got to get this right. I can't let this go. It's too high a price to pay. Amen. I'm talking about living full. And he was one day just sitting there, and he was cooking on the stove there, and all of a sudden, I guess water was underneath the pan, and it starts sizzling up, and it started to burn, leave black marks, because I have one of those glass top ranges, and it went and it started to leave like black scorch marks on there. Now that's gotta be scrubbed out. You understand, that's gotta be scrubbed out. And he's just like, doo 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 doo. And he's doing, and it's going, Sss, and I'm like. <laughs> now, I, I was tempted to yield to the voice of my flesh, to have my say and have my way. And it's going, and I immediately had to make an adjustment. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're not going down that road. Not going that road. And so I just looked over at him, and it's sizzling up. And I said, um, that's burning on the bottom. You see that right there? It's burning. It's burning right there. And I said, it's not supposed to do that. <laughs> And I walked out. <laughs> and so, you know, he's, he just looked at me and didn't say anything and just continued to put his food. And, and, uh, but I had chosen that moment I wasn't going to yield to, to any anger. I just pointed it out. And when I went to my room, all of a sudden, I get this, what is that, my spirit. The spirit of God, the Holy Ghost talking to you on the inside. And I realized that wasn't necessary to say that. It wasn't necessary, and I wasn't mad. I had immediately made an adjustment. I just felt, I just said it. I immediately shut off the anger. I'm not yielding to that, I said to myself. But I said, but I felt he needed to know. <laughs> That's burning. It's, and my spirit, my heart pricked me the moment that I said that. And what I heard was, that wasn't necessary to say that. It doesn't edify him in any way. And I wasn't angry when I said it. I was pointing it out, and the Lord dealt with me. That wasn't necessary. Immediately, I went downstairs. And I said, Michael, he was at his desk. I said, I'm so sorry. I, that was not necessary for me to say that to you. See, the same spirit that corrects will direct. Yes. Didn't we learn that? Sometimes it's what not to say. It's not always what to say. If we're listening, if we're listening, this is why it's important to live full. 
and to have an open ear to what he has to say. And look at Galatians. I have to, you got to go here. Look at to me at Galatians. Let's see what it says. Galatians uh, chapter 5. If you'll just give me a minute here and we'll get there. I'm turning there too. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16 to 26. Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 26, says this, and I'm, this is the King James now. Um, is that right? 16 to 26? That can't be right. Oh, 516. <laughs> Excuse me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The Amplified says this, but I say, walk and live habitually. Did you get that? Walk and live habitually, a lifestyle, the importance of putting spiritual, good spiritual habits in place, making it a habit in your life, a lifestyle. Amen? This is part of the maintaining the spirit-filled life, obedience. Here's a good example of how we... Because the word tells us right here, walk and live habitually in the spirit, responsive to the spirit, controlled by the spirit, and guided by the spirit. To live habitually. Walk in the spirit, the Bible says, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You have to understand that when you're full, when you take a glass of water that is full to the top and you take something full of water and you just keep pouring and pouring and pouring, what happens? What's in there just starts coming out. When you're full, nothing can get in. You can go get a thing, a jug of orange juice and try to pull it into a full, a full glass of water. It's just going to go, it's going to come right out. It isn't going to be able to go down, go into the glass. Because why? It's full. When you're full, fear can't get in. When you're full, anxiety and cares, they can't get in. When you're full, resentment, pride, willfulness, anger, these things can't get in. Why? Because you're full. And the cure and the remedy for this, any of this? If there's something already in the glass and you're pouring it in, it'll float out. So what do you do? Get full. And what shouldn't be there will get out. It'll get pushed out. By spending time in his presence, spending time in prayer, meditating in the word. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And it tells us this. Now listen. Yeah. You know, I was telling you about how the floor was scratched. And so many times in life, I was telling you the floor was scratched because my mom had brought her dog 
And the dog was running around, and he had sharp claws. And while she was visiting, I had brought her dog to the house, chasing my dog around in the kitchen. Brand new floor we had just installed. And there were deep, long scratches right across the floor from the dog running around. And I was telling you how I just went, ah, oh, my mom was standing right there by the sink. And I, that was my reaction. Oh, I said, the floor, look at the floor, look at the dog did. And I looked and I said, told you she was crying. And I immediately at that moment, I, 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 had to ma I made an adjustment in my heart. Instead of yielding, there's a lot of things that my flesh wanted to say, that, that, that the, the feelings of anger and upset rolling up on the, you don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, church. And I made a quick heart adjustment. And I said to her, I said, Mom, I'm sorry. And I went and I held her while she was crying. And I put my arms around her and hugged her. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm sorry that I responded that way. You are more important to me. My relationship with you is more important to me than any wood floor. I can't take that with me when I go to heaven anyway. And there's a whole better, lot better stuff up there than this floor. That can be, that can be, that can be corrected. But this is far more important. And it says to us in, in um, go with me to Romans 14, 15, or Ephesians 4. Can you hurry, hurry there? Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. I think this is what I want. Yeah. And having told you that, and the, the example of the, this deal with the pan and, and there's so many things in life where we could yield to the temptation of having our say and way with people and this or talking about the circumstances and what's happening over here and look what they said and what they did. But the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 3. Start with 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to and beg you to walk or lead, and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you've been called with behavior that is a credit to God's service. Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing one with one another and making allowances. Why? Because you love one another. See, and this is what it means back in Ephesians 5, we were talking about being subject to another, about giving in to another, voluntarily, putting yourself under somebody else, easy to get along with. Yes, we could make a stink about the floor, but the Bible tells us right here, living as you, becomes you with gentleness and meekness, with humility, making allowances because you love one another. Amen? Because a full man is gentle and peaceable, and I opted for the way of peace. And the Bible tells us in Galatians, I want to read it. Don't you go there, okay? Can I read it to you? Listen to this. I Listen to this. 
Galatians chapter 5. Uh, no, that's not what I want. Um, all right, because I, it's, I don't know where it is at the moment, but it, it's, the word says this to us. You know where it says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It says, it says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. In other words, when it comes to the natural things in life and things that can happen with people and circumstances, we're not making something big out of something that is so minor and so little. But we opt for the flow of peace and joy because that is of greater importance than these little things in life that really don't matter much. They're minor compared to. And the whole context with that was that the Bible's talking about how Somebody, if somebody is eating food or drinking food and it's a stumbling block to that brother and it's causing someone to stumble what you're eating, the context was talking about prior to this verse in the Bible. The Bible says, stop eating it. Because if what you're eating is troubling the heart of somebody and causing them to lose peace, if it's really upsetting, it's an offensive thing, maybe you're eating pork and you're with someone that's, that's another Christian that's offensive, and you can see that, stop eating it. Because if you don't stop eating it, you're not walking in love towards that person. And this is what it means to give in to somebody, to submitting to someone. So the Bible followed up with saying, in other words, with this verse, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about that, what's good and what's right, what's not, what isn't. In other words, don't, don't judge your brother who may have a weak conscience, conscience, but rather don't make a big deal about something that really is so minor. Opt for what's important, the flow of peace, the flow of the spirit. And when, when our mind is not renewed with the word of God, it's important we renew our minds with the word of God, then bless God, the fact that that floor is scratched, that matters. The fact that somebody wronged me, I have a right to say something about it. The fact that someone, my, burn, my pan was burned on the top of my stove, oh yeah, I needed to say something about it. I needed to say something about it. Why? Because that's important. Something has got to be said. They scratched my floor, I'm saying something about it. They need to know I'm displeased which is why I walk around the house slamming doors because, and not talking to him and sleeping on the seam of my mattress because he needs to know I'm displeased with him. That's what this means. Making light and big of the things that really don't really matter. They're not as big as an issue, but those things will be important to you and you will have a say 
and you will have your way if your mind's not renewed. Because your mind is twisted. Our minds are twisted outside of Christ. That's why we need to renew our minds. <laughs> Amen. All right, and I have to wind down now. So I, I'm going to skip some things. Go with me now. How are we going to activate the power? There's power on the inside of us. How are we going to, here's an example. Here's a, let me just give you one verse that's going to slam it. Let's just sum it up in one verse. There's power on the inside of you. We're going to, how are we going to activate the power? Okay? First of all, let me just read this, but you don't go there, and then you'll go there. <laughs> go with me to Romans chapter 12. Now, this, falls, this is why we need to obey God. Now, here's one verse that shows us how we can obey God. Here's an example of walking in the Spirit. Okay? Obedience. Let's see what he told us in his word regarding how we should conduct ourselves. Okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So here, verse 1 is saying, present your body a living sacrifice. And it's your reasonable service that you may prove what is holy and acceptable, God. Number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So this, these two verses tell us what to do with our minds, and it tells us what to do with our bodies, doesn't it? I'm just about, I'm winding down. Can you give me about five more minutes? It tells us what to do with your mind. It tells us what to your, do to your body. And it says, be constantly transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it tells you to offer up your body as a living sacrifice unto God. This is why it is so important for us to renew our minds with what the word of God says. Because we don't renew our minds, you'll go back to thinking the way you did before you were saved. And this is a process. This is why this is something we need, be, need to be doing every single day. I remember years ago, I walked into my, hus my husband's office when he was in the other building downstairs. I'm closing. I'm just, I'm getting there. And I went downstairs to him, and I, and I was so overcome and so bound by fear. And I went to him, and I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to get through to the other side with this thing. I've tried, I've tried. I said, but I'm just just tormented by fear. He prayed for me. He encouraged me. But I went to the word of God, and I saw in the word. Now, the Bible says here in Romans 12, 1, do something with your mind, right? Be constantly transformed in the spirit of your mind. I had a need. I needed to overcome this, this issue of fear in my life. And it just didn't seem like I would ever get to the other side of it. And I cried and said, I, I, there, it just seems like no matter what I do, I'm just underneath this thing. And I didn't think that I would ever come out. And I was just in tears. Finally, I saw in the word that said, 
God has not given us. In 2 Timothy, isn't it? 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And when I saw that, I began to meditate on it and meditate on it and get it on the inside of me. And one day I went to the grocery store and I stood there ready to check out. And I was telling you this before, I'll say it again, the lines were, were full of people. And I'm in a hurry because I'm getting out of work and I have to go pick up my kids from school. And I have a sliver of time there to get in and get out. And there's one person in, in one register, all the other ones were backed up lines. And of course, you know, you want to get in the shortest line possible everywhere you go. Is that not right? Yeah. yeah. And there is somebody sitting there that, at the register and there's someone check, one guy checking out in a, in a, in a bad mood, really upset. And I said to myself, I'm not going to that line. I will wait right here in this long, I was willing to wait in the long line to avoid going to that short line because there was somebody who was in a bad mood giving the cash register lady a hard time and I felt my, my body shaking. Because what you have to understand is I had a fear of, of people that were having a bad day. <laughs> I, had a, I had a fear, there's fears of many kinds. And I had a fear of, of grumpy people. I'm just putting it out there. Anyone who's upset, I had a fear of that, of people like that. And I did everything and everything I could to avoid people like that. And I stood there shaking and I said, line number one, line number two, short line, long line. I'll take the long line. Because <laughs> I'm not going to that line. And on the inside of me, I'm on my whole body, I could feel the effects of that fear because I'm shaking. And I had two minutes to decide, short, long, short, long. I'll take the long one because I'm... I, my, everything within me resisted that line because of fear. And I said, no, wait a minute. The Bible says, I immediately made a, heart, uh, made a correction on the inside and I brought the word of God came up. That's right. And I stood there. God has not given me, with stuff in my hands, groceries in my hands, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the God that's on the inside of me is greater, greater than fear. And that word spoken empowered me. What am I doing? Activating the power. Empowered me to go and carry out the, the acceptable, perfect will of God. Because God, the flow of fear is not the flow of the spirit. Whenever we have a care, Whenever we're in fear, whenever you feel sorry for yourself, whenever you're in self-pity, you're not walking in the spirit. But to live full, when you're full, there's no room for those things to get in. But if you fill up with the word, and the word coming in my mouth drove out that fear. As the water's pouring, what was already there that I was struggling with, drove it out. The word spoken. Amen. What was I doing? 
Every time you, I finish by saying this, every time you get in the word, you feed on the word, you spend time with God, you take God's word, you put it, you, and you put it in, into practice. What am I doing every time I, I'm feeding my spirit and meditating on the word of God? I'm filling up my gas tank. I'm filling up. Amen. Uh, every time I sit, you sit in the presence of God, you're filling up. Every time you're doing the word, amen, what comes out of having been filling up with the word of God, the fruits of the spirit manifest. The outflow of peace and joy from having filled up. And every time you fill up with God, and it's the goal of all of us here, you become more like Christ. You become more like him. And isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? He said, he said, I'm not like Christ just yet. But he said, he, he said, I purpose, I make it my goal. He said, that I, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things that are before me, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, of Christ, which is calling me what? Upward, upward. Hallelujah, coming upward. And so now we're challenged, what? To come up in our believing, come up in our saying, come up in our doing. Amen. And to, and to enjoy, and get into and enjoy the flow of the Spirit. Because all the, the blessings of God, the abundant life, victory, a successful life comes from, from living a full life. Hallelujah. Let's close. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word. But we, we don't want to, um, we, and we learned today about living full of the spirit, Father God, a life with you. And Father God, this kind of life is offered to anybody. It's offered to all of us. And Father, we, we, we want to, to experience that successful life that you have for us, and we can, Father God, by faith. And Father, we don't want to leave here today. We don't want to exit today without giving people the opportunity to receive you into their hearts and to make you their Lord and their master today, Father. And Father, you said to us in your word to call upon me, and you shall be saved. Now, you may be sitting here and saying, well, I don't know if I were to die today, if I'd go to heaven or not. Today, you can leave here being sure of that fact. Without a doubt, you can know and know that when you pass, you'll live and spend an eternity with him. And the word says, Father, your word tells us if we call upon you, we'll be saved. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That all we need to do is believe in you, believe on you. Believe in that name and everything that we've been redeemed from. To believe that Jesus was the Son of God and you died for our sins. And Father God, all we have to do is just believe. And so Father, you know, your word says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So it doesn't matter how many good works you've done. You may have been taught that if you just be a good person, you'll go to heaven. But that's not what the word of God says. The word tells us. No man shall enter the kingdom of God, lest they be born again. And so I extend that invitation to you. If you'd like to be born again, meaning if you'd like to ask Jesus to come into your heart today, you can leave here sure 
that you'll spend an attorney with him and your life will never be the same again. And if you say, I want to do that, then with every eye closed and every head bowed, all you have to do is slip up your hand and say, yes, I respond to that. I'm not born again and I want to be. And if that's you, with no one looking here, and those watching live stream also, if you, you respond to that and you want to respond to that, raise your hand right here today. You say, yes, I want to receive you into my life and into my heart. He loves you so much. And if you've got that little scratching on the inside of you, that's God talking. That's God talking to you. And you can invite him into your heart. Your heart will, your life will never be the same again. Now, if you're here and you are born again, you, you are, you are um, a child of God, but you're like the prodigal son. You've, you, you left your father's house. You've been out of fellowship with God. You haven't been in fellowship with him. Like the prodigal son living a life with the pigs and, and spent all of his father's living. But it says one day he arose out of the muck and mire and said, I will arise and I shall go to my father's house. And you say, that's me. I want to arise and I want to get back into fellowship with, with God. I want to rededicate. I want to reconsecrate my life to him today. And that's you. You may slip up your hand this morning. Hallelujah. I see one hand. Hallelujah. And you just want to rededicate and reconsecrate your life because you have not been. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Those watching live stream, you also can respond to this. It's for you to respond to as well. Hallelujah. Well, those by watching live stream and those that are here, for those that raise their hands, let's say a general prayer with this one. Father, I thank you that, that I thank you for Jesus. Father, I believe, I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You said, call upon you, and I shall be saved. Father, I call upon you now, and I ask you to come into my heart and make me new. I thank you, Father, that you are now my father, and I am now your child, and my life will never be the same again after this day, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, if those watching live stream are here, and you, by live stream, you've responded to that, let us know that you're watching. Let us know that you respond to that. We want to help you in your walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Glad you're, you came today. Glad we're here together. And uh, we, we are going to close now. The worship team is going to sing a song in closing. And while the song is being sung, if there's anyone that has a prayer need, if there's something that, that you'd like prayer and agreement with, anything at all, during the song you can come up and, and we'll pray together in closing. Hallelujah. Amen. Worship team, you'll come on up and sing a song. Hallelujah. It's been so good.